we thank you so much for your great love and mercy for us, Lord. And we just ask you to bless your church now in this time of crisis, Lord, and uh, uh, help us, Lord, to be those who help, uh, but with wisdom. And we just thank you, Jesus, for your presence here. And all the homes that are watching this, Lord God, we just thank you so much. And we pray in your name, Jesus. All right. Thanks, you guys, very much. Those were great words and great songs to encourage our heart as we, as we gather. I hope you're doing good gathering where you are. We, uh, we're trying our best with the streaming stuff, and I know that uh, some are saying that it's a, it's a tough stream, and that's just Internet issues here, so uh, bear with us for that. We always will have the, uh, the sermon available uh, online in the week, and it'll be a podcast uh, available um, probably tomorrow, so you can check, check back in then as well. Um, today, as we begin kind of this new season in our lives, um, we're going to take a break from Habakkuk. We, we have been kind of in the middle of a series uh, in Habakkuk, and today we're going to be looking at the passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 5. So if you grab your Bible, hopefully you already have or you have a Bible around, uh, you and your family can turn to the passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 5. We'll be beginning in verse 1 and, uh, and go through that. It is, it is crazy times uh, indeed, and and it's, uh, sometimes we try to make light of it. I know that uh, there's all kinds of jokes and memes out there about the current situation, um, but it really is a crazy time we live in. I, I saw one, I'll try to describe this well, uh, you know, with this crisis of, of getting a virus, a cold, and kind of being locked in our home, people have gone out and bought all kinds of things and, and hoarded all kinds of things, uh, one of those being toilet paper. Um, the grocery stores are still open and supply chains are still coming in order to fill those shelves, but we thought it'd be necessary to go buy 800 rolls of toilet paper. So I saw a picture that was, it was kind of funny, it lightened the mood a little bit, and uh, there was a guy in his living room, and he had built a square fort, right, out of toilet paper, all the toilet paper rolls he had. He built it up, and it was, it was pretty high, and there was a little door in the front of it, and you could see he was inside of that fort of toilet paper, and kind of, mark, kind of down, and you could see his eyes poking out uh, through, the, through the hole in, in the front, the door, and he said, I've been marked safe from the coronavirus now, because he's sheltering in his fort of toilet paper. I, I don't know why that protects, but uh, apparently it does. Uh, just a public service announcement. If you have too much toilet paper, there are people that do not have any, and you can always let us know you have extra, and we'll help get toilet paper to people who have need. So crazy times we're living in for sure. Uh, but we are in Romans chapter 5. I'm going to go ahead and pray over our scripture together, and then we'll get started in that text. Father, we are so grateful uh, that we still have capability, even like this, uh, to, to learn from your word and to, to gather together to worship and to grow in the knowledge and can be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. So today, Lord, I, I pray that you would be with us, that you would be opening our hearts and our minds to be receptive to your word. That, God, if there is any kind of unbelief or, or a lack of trust or faith in our hearts, God, if, if we are letting fear invade and ruin us, that, God, today as we look to your word, that you would be stronger now than ever for us and that our faith would reside and rest firmly in Jesus Christ expose the areas that we need exposing, draw us back into a right relationship with you, draw us back into a place where our mind and heart thinks correctly about you and your word, bring us back to a place of deep, deep faith. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in Romans chapter 5, and we'll be in verses 1 through 5. I'll go ahead and read that full passage there, and then we'll, we'll break it down and see what that looks like. <clears throat> Romans 5, beginning in verse 1. 
Paul says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because, God, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Today I, I want uh, to talk about a triumphant faith, and, and really a faith that triumphs over all kinds of things, but especially right now, a faith that triumphs over fear and anxiety. Uh, listen, people are doing crazy things because they're afraid right now. They have crazy thoughts right now because they're afraid. They feel like things are spinning out of control and they have nothing to grab onto. For you and I who are Christ followers, we have something to hold on to, and that's our faith in Jesus Christ, and that is Jesus Christ, and that needs to inform all of our faith, right? Uh, one of the things that we have talked about recently as we've gone through the book of Habakkuk, uh, we see there that, that it's all summed up in one simple line. Although it's a simple line, it's difficult for us to believe and to practice, but it says that the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. So for you and I who have been made righteous through our faith in Jesus Christ, we now will live that out, that the world will see the righteousness of Christ in us and this firm security and this hope that we have. We will live it every day, that you and I will not be living as, as those who have no hope, will not be living as those who are scared of what is to come. That's not us at all. So we're going to look at four different areas that we can see in this text, uh, of, of the ways that faith helps us triumph. Number one is this. It brings peace through a trustworthy Messiah, through a trustworthy Savior. When we have a faith, a deep faith, it brings us peace because He is a trustworthy Savior. If you go back to your text and look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith. Now, that's important for us to grab onto right there. See, we've been declared righteous through faith in Christ. And, and, and what that means is this, that, that there was a time when I wasn't righteous. And Scripture would say that my righteousness on my own was like filthy rags. But Jesus came to forgive us and redeem us. And, and what he said is that righteousness that's like filthy rags, that thing, the things we call sin in our lives, that separates us from God. And that does condemn us. And, and that, that eternal separation will happen. And there is uncertainty and there should be fear because of that. But Jesus came. And he was obedient to the Father. And he, he came and he died on a cross in your place and in my place. And he offered us redemption or forgiveness he said, I, I'm going to make it right. What you broke and what you destroyed and what you severed with your sin, I'm going to bring back into reconciliation. I'm going to bring back and fix that relationship for you. So through, through our faith in Christ, not through our works, not through a right attitude, it's, it's through belief, through faith in Christ that he forgives my sin and he, he gives me a righteousness that I never earned, but he wraps it around me anyway and it's his righteousness. And that secures me. So you have faith in Christ gives us a righteousness that only comes from him and it gives us a security and a hope for our eternity he says i go to prepare a place for you and and through faith in christ you will not perish but you'll have eternal life and that's available for all who would believe so if there's fear lingering we need to have our hope and our faith firmly planted in jesus christ since we have been declared righteous through faith 
what happens. It says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the, the panic that's going on in the world right now, and, and it, listen, it is absolutely uh, out there. There's panic, there's fear, there's all kinds of things that are coming up. And, and, and it's even intensified by social media and, and people sharing and texting and, and letting, letting everyone know that this is horrible and, and we're all going to die. And that's really what people are thinking. The panic right now is that we, don't, we want less people to die of a virus, which is admirable. It's, it's good that we try to accomplish that. But what we're fearing, what we're panicking about, is death. And that's, that rings true for the atheist. The atheist who doesn't believe in God, who doesn't think there's anything else, is panicking about death. What happens? You know, what, what happens to my body? What is it going to feel like? Uh, what what might, might I experience? And then what's going to happen when I die? Is there something more? Those are great questions. And that panic will still ensue unless we get that resolved and figured out, unless we can get that question in our heart answered. What does happen? And, and can I be secure even if the world around me starts falling apart. Well, Hebrews chapter 2 says this, and I, I, I want us to see how, how this comes about, this answer comes about. With Jesus, he comes to redeem and to forgive and to love, and, and he bring, brings us into a right relationship with God so that we are no longer enemies of God, but the text says we have peace with God. We're at peace with God. And being at peace with God, listen, that, that should take a lot of panic away. Because peace with God says you can have eternal life. That, that although you, this shell, this body may die, you will live and you will live forever with him. The book of Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 says this. It says, now since the children have flesh and blood in common, talking about you and I, we have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, right? God became flesh, he became man, so that through his death, the perfect God-man, Jesus, through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. That's so encouraging for us to know and to hear and to, to really hold on to, that, that Jesus came in, in flesh, God in the flesh, and he died in our place, a death that we deserve to die, and he died there to to, to be victorious. He didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead. And the scripture says that, that he destroyed the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil. See, the devil has a hold on us. The devil has a, his grips in us, and he wants us to be afraid. He wants us to panic. He wants us to be freaked out beyond anything, worrying about what is next, what might, what might happen to me. You know, C.S. Lewis uh, talked about this years ago when other things were going on in the world, and and uh, he had said, listen, you know, there's a percentage of people who may die, right? There's a 100% chance, he says, that all of us will die. Right now, the fear might be heightened because, oh, may maybe it's today. We didn't know that three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, you still had a 100% chance of dying. It has to be, a, wh what's our eternity look like? Are, are, are we... Are we able to conquer death because of Christ and that he conquered death? He said he, he destroyed the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, in order to, it says, and, and freed us. You and I were free. You and I who were held in slavery all our lives because of the fear of death. The fear of death, the fear even in this time, is slavery. And Jesus came to free us from that. I, I want to encourage you in that. 
what Jesus Christ has accomplished on the cross is for anyone who, anyone who would believe and they could have eternal life. Life, not death. Jesus has victory over death. So although this body will shed, although this body will fail and die, my soul will live forever. And my eternity is secure because it's securely planted in Jesus Christ. And we have peace with God. So there's this peace that happens. This, his, this faith brings peace because of the Messiah, the trustworthy Messiah. So there's a peace with God that now we're, through faith in Christ, we're reconciled to God. We're no longer enemies, but we're God's friends, is what Scripture says. But there's more peace to be offered here. It's not just that, okay, I'm at peace with God. He gives us a peace of mind and a peace of heart. Uh, Isaiah chapter 26, verses 2 and 3, or 3 and 4 says this, You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. It's so important for us to understand, not only through faith in Christ, how we've been made friends of God and we're no longer enemies of God, we are at peace with God, but now we also have peace of mind. He says he will keep our mind at peace, the ones that are dependent on Him. So my question to you is, who are you depending on right now? Are you depending on your circumstances, on your situation, your scenario? Are you, are you depending on something like that to fulfill and give you hope and peace? Is it more peaceful to you because you're sheltered at home, staying six feet away from people? Or will that peace even last? As confirmed cases grow in our area, we may start to panic more. But our faith should be rooted in Jesus, not in our circumstances, not in our scenarios, not in what's going on around the world. Our faith and trust is in Him, and we have peace with God and a peace of mind too. Remember, the righteous will live by faith. So for you and I, as people who are righteous because of Christ, our faith should be expressed in the way that we live, in the way that we trust, in the way that we are dependent on the Lord, and in the peace that we have because of it knowing that he paid the ultimate price for me and that through faith in Christ I have peace makes all the difference. Again, God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. And, and the same hope, the same peace that you had three weeks ago in the Lord is still available today. We don't have to lose hope. But Satan likes to rip us apart. Satan likes to devour. Satan likes to push us into doubt and confusion and fear, and that is not where we are called to be. Here's what that looks like. I want to read a passage out of Isaiah chapter 57. Uh, this is what this looks like. When we decide to be faithless and panic and be scared, here's what that feels like. Here's where Satan would love to have us all be. Isaiah 57 verses 20 to 21 says this, But the wicked are like the storm-tossed sea, for it cannot be still. And its waters churn up mire and muck. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. That is exactly where Satan would want us to be. For those who do not have peace with God through faith in his righteousness and his forgiveness, this is, this is where they land all the time. There is no peace. There's turmoil. There's chaos. Uh, it's like the storm-tossed sea that goes, goes about. There's no peace for them. But, but Satan also would love to get Christ followers, people who do have a trust and faith in Jesus, and disrupt that faith 
enough to put you back in a storm-tossed sea where, where you are unsettled. I love that verse says, uh, they're like the storm-tossed sea, for it cannot be still. Now, I, I get kind of a, a, a place where maybe you're with your family and you're kind of sequestered and, and you kind of get stir-crazy. I get the stir-crazy not being able to be still, right? I got to go do something, get some fresh air, do a new project. But what, what this is talking about is my heart can't be still. I can't rest. Maybe you're losing sleep at night. Maybe you're continuing to worry. You're checking Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is every 20 minutes for a new update. You're critiquing the live streams from the, the health departments around the world, and you're just inundating yourself with more fear and more turmoil, and your heart can't sit still. I'd say stop. We can have peace because of Jesus Christ. He calls us to live and walk by faith, not by sight. Settle and rest assured that He is your Savior, that He can bring peace to your heart and to your mind. It's so important for us. To walk around in crazy panic mode, afraid of your own shadow or what's around the next corner or, or what you cannot even control is to live again in the captivity and in the fear of death. And listen, I'll say this too, it's to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you wouldn't come out and say that, and I wouldn't come out and say, I'm just going to be, I'm ashamed of the gospel, I'm going to live in fear. But that's what fear says, that there is no power in the gospel. I don't want to be ashamed of that. Uh, there's a great verse, a passage in Romans chapter 1. Here's what it says in verses 16 and 17. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Well, why, why, Paul? Why are you not ashamed of the gospel? For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Greek. For anyone who believes, it's the power of God. And we have to trust and rest in that power, the power of the gospel. I don't want to be ashamed of that. I don't want to live ashamed of that. He goes on, it says, for in it, the gospel, this power, right? For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. That's, that's so important that, that we live by faith. We don't live in panic or fear and worry ashamed of the gospel, not giving any clout to the gospel and the power of the gospel and of God's word, we must believe. We live in ultimate freedom because of Jesus Christ, and that through faith in Christ, we're no longer enemies of God, but we're now friends of God through the work on the cross. Listen, faith triumphs over fear. Faith triumphs over fear because our trustworthy Savior can bring us and has brought us peace. And if you aren't feeling peace, you're failing to believe and trust that. You're renewing your mind and putting things in there that are outside of Scripture, that, that the world says is right to believe, that the world says is, is, is the right way to react. God says, trust in me. Trust in me. And then number two, we go on the next thing. A faith that triumphs stands in grace, exalting Christ. A faith that triumphs will stand in grace, uh, let's continue on in our passage from Romans chapter 5. If you look at uh, verse 2, we have also obtained access through, through him by faith. So we have access into something. What is it? Into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So what does it mean to stand in grace or stand on grace? Listen, if we have peace with God, we can stand assuredly on him and in that grace that he offers. See, what he offered through the cross was not something he said, you know, I'm going to do most of the work and, and then you do some of the work and, and it's really going to be dependent on you and if you can really accomplish it or if you have the right attitude and mentality. That is not what Jesus said. Jesus went to the cross 
And he said, I've done all the work. It is finished. And what he's exhorted you and I to do is trust and have faith in him. That, that through faith, by grace, that we are saved in Christ alone. And this grace is that constant place to stand, that constant reminder that you don't have to work it out on your own. You don't have to figure it out. on. You don't have to have all the answers on your own. It's also a place where you don't have to wonder, is God really there or what's going to happen? It doesn't matter. God is faithful. And he has secured you for eternity through faith in Christ. It also is a place as we stand in grace that you don't have to worry. God's saying you don't have to work. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. Stand here on my grace. Stand here firmly planted in my grace grace. A passage out of Ephesians shows this even more so, and it shows this why we should be like that. I I know you're saying, Brandon, it sounds like it's real easy. Stand in grace. Stand in grace. But there's more to it than that. There's a a depth of why we stand there. In in Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 4 through 10. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in our sins. You understand that? That's the transition we have. That through faith in Christ, we have a righteousness not of our own, that we are forgiven, that even though we were dead in our sins, through faith, Christ has made us alive. And it says, you are saved by grace. There's our word, that that you're saved by grace. It says, he also raised us up with him, that's Jesus, and seated us with him, in the heavens, in Christ Jesus. Well, well, what does that mean? Well, we're co-heirs with Christ. Our eternity is secure. Our our inheritance is secure through faith in Christ, right? That gives peace. But now we need to stand in that grace. The work has been done. There's no need to worry. There's no need to wonder anymore. So why, though? Why has he lifted us up and given us an inheritance? Why has he let us stand in grace? It says this, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful passage? That, that, that God is saying, listen, I want, I want to reveal, give grace to you, and I want you to stand in grace so that as you stand in grace, I can reveal the richness of my kindness and my grace to the world around. That the hope of the glory of Christ would be revealed as you and I stand in his grace. And that's, that's sure footing to stand in his grace. Why would we steer away from that? Why would we veer away from that? It goes on. For you are saved by grace through faith. So why is he wanting to reveal the glory of God? Because it's not about what we can do. I don't have the answer for you, but Jesus does. Jesus is the answer. I I can't work it out in my own fear. I can't work it out in my own panic. But as I stand in grace and reveal the glory of God, people are drawn then to the answer, to the solution. It is the glory of God seen in the face of Jesus Christ. It says we're saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, right? You can't do it. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. This is a wonderfully rich passage. You can study that maybe more on your own with your family. But but for you and I right now, that we know we are saved by grace, and we stand on grace, we exalt Christ. We reveal the glory of God. Our Romans passage says that we, we're, we're, we're standing in this grace, right, in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So as I stand in grace, as I stand on grace, I am, I am encouraged that it's not about what I have to work out. 
It's what Christ has already worked out for me. And if Christ has worked it out for me, I don't have to wonder. I don't have to worry. All I get to do is I get to stand in grace and reveal that steadfast spirit within me that I'm rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. I'm, I'm letting God exalt Jesus through my life, through my faith, as I stand firm on grace. We stand on the firm footing of His grace, and we stand there not only for comfort and peace, but we stand there to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We stand in grace, exalting Christ, lifting up Christ. Listen, I, I, know, I know that you and I are, are all in the opportunity right now in a, in a place to have conversations with people. People are wondering, and people are wondering about the hope that we have and the, and the steadfastness that we have in Jesus. Share Christ, exalt Christ in those conversations. We aren't firmly secure on our own merit. This is the truth. This is the message that we have received. This is the message that we pass on. We are not secure in our own merit or worth. We are firm and secure by grace, through faith in Christ, in Christ alone. And He should shine brightly. He should shine brightly in those who live by faith and stand on grace. Listen, a triumphant faith stands in the hope and comfort of His grace, and it shines brightly all about Jesus. Number three, a faith that triumphs is fruitful in times of trouble. A faith that triumphs is fruitful in time of trouble. Let's continue on in our text from Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. It says, and not only that, so look, there's more. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. It sounds absurd, right? But we rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This is what's being produced. As we go through affliction, as we go through trials, as we go through trouble and despair, God is producing a fruit in us, in us who will live by faith. For you and I, when we, when we exhibit faith and trust in Him, He will grow this in us through our afflictions. Now, afflictions is, is an interesting word uh, because we think, oh man, this is really an afflicting time. Like, like this two weeks or a month or two months, who knows how long this is going to be, right? But this is really difficult for us to be isolated at home and, and wondering what's going to happen. I, I, I get that, it is. But I, I, we always should be putting things in perspective. I, I want you to think about this because, you know, we, we tend to fight for and hold on to comforts really easily or rights, quote-unquote rights, really easily. In America, we have amazing rights, a, 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 amazing constitution and declaration of independence. Uh, we can hold on to some rights, and a, a right to gather and assemble, a right to protest, a freedom of speech. All of these things we have rights to. But in Christianity, when we talk about Christianity and our Christian faith, we have, there's no declaration of independence here. There's no, no constitution here. It is the Word of God, and it's the faith that we have in God. And that transcends any national border. So I want you to think about afflictions. Because in America, our affliction is, man, we ran out of toilet paper. Man, I have to be off of work and, or, or isolate more for two or three or four weeks or a month, however long it's going to be. Man, I might get this. And, and you know what? Someone, someone might die. And I'm not making light of that. We understand that that's, that's horrible. We don't want that to happen. But consider yourself as a Christ follower and put yourself in, in the shoes of a Christ follower in a war-torn third-world country where you're not guaranteed your next meal. 
You're not guaranteed your next moment of life. You're not guaranteed that your family will even be together. You're not guaranteed as a parent in one of those countries that your kids will be able to be provided for by you. So many parents are doing the hard thing and giving their kids over to organizations to take care of them because they have no money or no means. And they're split apart, ripped apart, starving, dying of disease. Disease is greater than what we are experiencing in this country. Diseases that are rampant 24-7, 365, all around the world. We have it easy here. But for us to get the right perspective on, on affliction, we... We don't really know what affliction is often. Some of us do. So, some people have been through some really hard things, and, and their life is really tough, or they are, they are struggling with disease or cancer or illness or loss. I, I get that. I'm not diminishing that. But for you and I, when something spins out of control in America, we need to get perspective. That all around the world, Christians, people who trust in Christ, are trusting and standing on a firm foundation through their afflictions, and God is producing hope in them and character in them. He's promised that. So for you and I, when we have afflictions come up, whether it was a month ago in our lives or whether it's right now in the middle of this, this crisis, this crazy time in our world, this affliction is going to produce a fruit. But we ought to consider how it is for these other countries as well who do not have the resources or support to even take care of their people. So what does that look like? What kind of, what, what's being produced? What else is being produced? I, I wanted to go to a verse in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, and it, it's really one of those times where anxiety is present. What, what happens then? If God, if God says, listen, I, through affliction, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce a fruit in you, and you can rejoice in that affliction, what, what should our prayers be like? Here's what Paul says to the Philippian church, chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And, and the promise is here. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, if we are called in Romans to rejoice in affliction, then we should be prayerful. And as we're prayerful, we should be thankful. Thank you, God, for bringing affliction. Thank you, God, for bringing a struggle, for bringing a trial, because that struggle and that trial is now an opportunity for God to produce fruit in my life and in yours. That he's going to do something amazing. And as he does it, as we're, we go prayerfully and thankful, thankfully to him, what does he do? He gives us a peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. So he's producing something. So we see he's producing a peace here from a thankful heart in, in our afflictions. We see that in Romans he's producing a few things. He's producing endurance. What is endurance? It's your ability and my ability to run the race, to stay the course, to not give up. He produces proven character from that, right? That becomes character. That becomes who we are naturally, and, and we build up our character. That, that's the go-to of who I am. And finally, it produces, a, uh, care, proven character produces hope. See, now my hope is in that endurance and, and through faith in Christ, and, and I have hope in that. And I have peace in this next passage we saw. And my heart is thankful. It's part of my proven character. And I, I have this peace of God which transcends all understanding. Listen, our peace... Our fruit in our lives is a matter of faith and in prayer, expecting God to do something, expecting God to produce fruit. I want to read another passage out of Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Jesus says this, he says, 
Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. So listen, we have to get ourselves in a position to hear from the word of God, to hear what he would say about this. Because if all we're hearing is what's on our social media pages or in the, in the news, that's not going to cut it for us. He says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and, it says, and acts on them. It's like James. It says, don't be a hearer of the word only, but be doers of the word. Jesus is saying that exact thing here. Anyone who hears the words of mine and acts on them, they will be, here's what they'll be like, they will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew, and it pounded that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. This is so appropriate for us today. The, the fruit of our faith in Christ is that we will be seated and placed on a firm foundation, that we will build our lives on a firm foundation, so that as the winds come and as the waters rise and as the rains pour down, they will not erode the foundation that is Christ Jesus because we have trusted in Him. This comes down to a trust and belief issue in our heart. What foundation are we building our lives on? What are we building our homes on, our family? Where is our hope resting? Hopefully it's on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah echoes this, or maybe Jesus echoes Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 17, 7-8, it says this, The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is in the Lord, is blessed, or is happy. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward a stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes, and its foliage remains green. It will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Listen, church, it's so important for us to get this. The world is almost literally on pause right now. Like just, we're in a holding pattern, only essential movement, stay sheltered in place. But that is not the case for a faith, for faith of a Christ follower. In a worry, a time of worry or drought, it says that we will not cease producing fruit. Listen, the rains are coming. The rains are here. The waters are rising. The wind is blowing. The storm is surging all around us. But you and I ought to be planted on a firm foundation that is Christ, and that is fruit that He is producing. And that's fruit for our heart. And as we stand like we would stand in grace, we exalt Christ and show the glory of God to a world who desperately needs that firm foundation. Our faith will produce fruit even more in times of trouble. It's tested in times of trouble. But the peace of God in those times of trouble will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, number four. A faith that triumphs will not disappoint. It will not disappoint. Go back to our Romans passage there, the, the final verse of Romans 5. 
In fact, I'd like to read this entire passage again, and we'll end here with, with verse 5. Just for context, kind of a reminder, recapping it through our mind. This is, this is what God is saying for us. It says, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also have obtained access through Him by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It's an amazing thing. Hope will not disappoint. I, I mentioned this in a, in a video uh, update, I believe, maybe in an email I sent out this week. Everything else is on pause. Everything else is being canceled or shut down or postponed. Hope will never be canceled. And we need to understand that. The hope we have in Jesus Christ will never be canceled. It will never disappoint us. We have access to resources from the Holy Spirit. I want to read a verse from 2 Timothy. We've, we've seen this this week quite a bit. I think I shared this with you earlier this week. What are these resources we have? What is, it, what is God giving us by the power of the Holy Spirit so we aren't disappointed? Well, in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what's God giving us? Not a spirit of fear. If you and I have a spirit of fear, that is not from God. He is not giving us a spirit of fear but one of power, it says, in love and of sound judgment. Interesting, that text basically says this. It's not something I need to seek after or hunger for. It's that on the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in the believer, God has already given it to you, that we have access to this right now. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you one of power. And this, this word power is like what they would use the word like dynamite, like explosive. It's explosive power. It's not just a little tad bit of power that you need to, to carry yourself through. It is everything you and I need to remain strong in Christ. It's divine and it's explosive power. And one of love. And, and this is a love he's given us, a love that is self-sacrificial. Self it's a love that says, I'm going to look out for the needs of those around me. I'm going to check on my neighbor. I'm going to make sure people in my, in my church community and in my community at large are doing okay. I'm going to do my part to love them well, to, to lay down my life. And listen, I say that now, to lay down my life, and it's like, that's pretty risky, Brandon. I, I don't want to go get exposed to this virus. I don't want to go in a place like the grocery store, because I might get, I might get contagions, right? I might get something. Yeah, you might. Th that's the risk that we are called to as Christ followers. We're, this call to come to Christ is a call to come and die, knowing all the while that our our security is in Christ and our eternity is in Christ that he has conquered death and we don't fear that anymore. I'm not saying don't be wise if your health is poor, but I'm saying that for Christ followers who, who are able, we ought to be serving and laying down our lives for our brothers and sisters and for the people in this community. That's how we share Christ's love all around. And then it says of sound judgment. So he's not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us one of power and love and sound judgment. This is that level-headedness. This is not that crazy, I'm out of control, I'm totally panicking, I'm stirring and spinning out of control. It's that, I, I know Jesus. I can reason 
uh, about whatever's going on and understand that Christ is still in charge, that He is still sovereign, that God is still on His throne, that the redemption He paid for still applies to me today in the middle of crisis. It's level-headedness. It's level-headedness that's renewed continually by the Word of God, not social media, not another self-help book. It is renewed by the Word of God. If we want level-headedness or sound judgment, we get it from the inerrant, perfect, living and active Word of God. The final passage I, I want to share is Hebrews chapter 6. What resource do we have? We're talking about this resources, right? That because his faith will not disappoint. How, how is that so? Hebrews 6.19 says this, We have this hope, this hope in Jesus Christ, that is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. I, I, I want to mention this for a minute because it's an interesting story. Uh, our family has gone traditionally at times to Kangaroo Lake for a camping trip during the, uh, during the summertime. And we, got, we like to go out on the lake and go fishing for, for trout. And we bring little blow-up rafts, right? And we get those on the, on the lake. If you get out there right about sunrise, it's pretty calm usually. You can, just before the sun rises, it's calm enough to get out there and kind of hold position. But mind you, we're in a small raft, right? And, and as soon as that wind kicks up, which it does often, it moves you across the lake. It's like, this is my fishing hole. This is the honey hole. This is where I want to stay. And the wind comes up and says, I don't think so. I'm going to move you over here. So over the years, we thought, well, what do we do? Because, you know, you're on a boat on the river or your boat on a bigger lake, maybe an aluminum boat. You have an anchor, right? This is a blow-up raft. That's, that's like a three-person three, like three raft, maybe two-person raft, sometimes maybe just a one-person raft. But we're looking at what, what do we do? What are our options? So I remember one year we went out there and we said, well, we're, we're going to make an anchor. And we, we had brought fruit along with us and, and food for the week we were camping out there. And we had this, this bag. It was one of those nets that, like, a, a variety pack of melons come in or, or cantaloupes, right? That's that big net. It's kind of strong. We said, oh, well, let's use that. So we took that net and we put rocks in it, right? Rocks in it from the shore, big rocks. And we, we tied a rope around it and kind of made sure it was secure enough. We didn't want to lose it. And we got a long enough rope or what we thought was long enough. And we tossed it over the edge. And all that goes down, right? That rope goes into the water. And then you're hoping, you're hoping and praying it's long enough to hit the bottom. Well, I think that year it, it, it was at certain times and it wasn't depending on where we were. And where we really wanted to be, it just went down and, and the raft went, it sunk down where that rope, right, went, went over the edge. And it just, you knew that it hadn't hit the bottom. You knew that it was hanging in the, in the bottom or towards the bottom, but not quite there. And although it maybe slowed us down, it still continued to move us away from our honey spot. So the next time we thought, well, let's, let's get something else. And, and we got an anchor. We got, okay, this is an anchor we bought downtown and hooked it to a rope. And on uh, one occasion, we, we had thrown it over the edge of the boat, and we forgot to tie it off to the raft. You get where I'm going with this? So the anchor goes in the water, and it goes down. The rope's spinning out of control. Like, it'll, it'll stop pretty quick, and pretty soon it just... Rope's gone, anchor's gone, and we're moving again, right? It's just use your mind a little bit. You should use your, your brain. So we, I, th I think that year we also uh, found an axe head. We said, well, let's use an axe head, and we'll try to put an anchor or a rope around that and try that. And it just didn't work. Finally, though, we, we wised up and we bought an anchor. It had like three hooks on it, so it was a really good one to hook on. We bought plenty of rope, and we f started finally using that as our anchor. And I tell you what, as soon as that anchor hit the bottom, and you knew it, it caught on a rock or it caught on a log down there, or whatever it needed to catch on, it held us relatively in the place that we wanted to be when there was wind. It's so amazing on a lake where you have a honey hole to stay put. 
So you can fish that spot. Fish where the fish are. And the wind wants to blow us off course. The same is true in life. Now those anchors are all, they could have all worked at different times or if we were smart enough to figure it out, but they didn't always work. Jesus is an anchor that will always work. And for you and I to understand a faith that's triumphant, it, it, it gets this, this hope that doesn't disappoint. Right? There's this hope we have in Jesus that doesn't disappoint. That's why he's an anchor for our souls. When our soul is in turmoil, when our heart is spinning out of control, all we have to do is go back to Jesus and grab on. We shouldn't have let go in the first place. He is an anchor for our soul, safe and secure, firm and secure. So as we face uncertain times, as we uh, face chaos and panic, fear that's all around, and hopefully it's not so much in you anymore or in me, but as we face these times of fear, we have to go back and rest on the hope that will not disappoint. And we have to grab on to Christ and what He's accomplished because that is an anchor for our soul. If you and I would anchor our faith in Christ, He will continue to hold you fast. It's so important for us to do that. I hope that's encouraging for you. Um, I know it has been encouraging for me. Uh, listen, I, again, I'm not trying to make light of the situation that we're in. It's not light at all. In fact, I'm trying to say the opposite. Because it's so deep, because it's so heavy and, and despairing, we must, even now, even more so, run to Christ. Grab on to Christ. Hope in Christ. And let that hope be an anchor for our soul. I love you guys so much. We're going we're gonna to stop now and pray, and the worship team's going to come back up. We're going to sing one more song together, and then we're going to put uh, a description or like a little uh, discussion uh, page up on your, your live stream. It won't be there very long, but you can pause it and, and look at the discussion questions. The hope is that you would walk through that with your family, to talk through what we've just, uh, just heard from Scripture today, to, to reason through this hope and this, this faith that we have in Christ that's stronger than panic and fear. And and a faith that really is triumphing over that. So I hope you do that in the, in the coming minutes after we close. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we, we pause our hearts before you, God. As the world is all on pause, uh, we want to pause our hearts before you so that you would give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, that you would pour out your hope into our heart and that hope would not disappoint, that your hope would be a, an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. God, we can be steadfast because you are holding us fast, and we, we're so appreciative of that. But continue to let us renew our mind, and God, uh, get our minds off of what the world is saying about fear and panic, and put ourselves firmly planted in your grace, that our faith would, would grow and swell. And God, that as people in the world look to the church, they would see something odd, something strange, a, a hope that they want, an assurance that they don't have. As they're tossed about like the sea, God, help us to be the security and the steadfastness that you want us to be, exalting Christ and the security that you offer. We thank you for that. We thank you for taking good care of our hearts. Be with us, be with our families as we Weather this storm. God, help us to love others well and be the church you've called us to be. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.
so glad that uh, you were able to join us online and uh, check out the, the live stream. It, of course, this doesn't replace the gathering together. We miss you so, so much. And uh, as awkward as it might be, we're going to continue to do this as long as we need to, uh, to be good citizens and, and to help encourage you. And I, I, ho I hope and pray that, that you were encouraged through today, through the worship we had and through our prayer and through the Word of God as, as we studied that and as it grew in that. This is not meant to be a production. This is just meant to be an opportunity to facilitate that for you. So I hope that was meaningful to you and relevant for you and your family. Uh, feel free to comment or ask questions, email those in. We want to help serve you and your family however we can. Uh, also, please make us aware if there are needs in your home or, or in your family or maybe your neighborhood, things that our church could partner with and participate with to help. Uh, we want to know about those things. You can also let us know that through our website uh, at uh, fbcmountshasta.com. Uh, in the coming days, especially tomorrow, we'll be letting you know of other ways that you can help serve and be a part of, uh, of serving our community and serving our body. We, uh, we look forward to those days. Uh, we will continue to exalt Christ. We will continue to love and bear the burdens of the body of Christ, and we will continue to reach out to the world all around us and love our community towards Jesus. So it's always been about Him. It will always be about Jesus. Let's always make it that way. Let's close in prayer. Father, we, we close our time now uh, trusting ourselves to You. You are a good, good Father, and we're thank you, thank, thankful for that. God, we thank you that we have opportunities now to continue to be the church. God, that, that this isn't a country club. This is a rescue center, a place that, that we want to see people come to know Jesus Christ through faith in Christ. So God, help us now in the opportunities we have to speak up, to serve well, to love people towards Jesus. And God, all the while, holding us steady, giving us an anchor for our souls. We trust that. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Take care.